0: I'd love the podium back if you want to grab it. That'd be great. It's so slow here, and all the people at home are like, where's our link? Where's our link? And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's eight fifty-four. You would be watching for it. Actually, yeah, yeah, I'll I'll make sure she gets it. I can't find the group all of a sudden.
1: Like,
0: I've been texting them all weekend, and I can't. I don't
2: know. Scroll all the way down. Or, sorry, all the
1: way up. And then it's like, search like Tina. I did, well, I searched shirt. (laughs) ¿Qué <laughs> <laughs>
0: Olivia oh, has it too. So Morgan <laughs> left it hanging, but Alana's got it. Yep. Alana, very end. end.
1: <laughs> did I thought that work you took your right? bathroom door last night. I don't know if I did.
3: I lost my strength. I to
1: <laughs> <everybody's in> the station
2: Good morning ladies. Uh, as women are trickling in, we're gonna I have three more gift cards to give away to insomnia and we have to use them up today because this is where they are. Um, there is a place in like Beaverton, so if you're close to Beaverton you can take it home. but we're gonna just... okay, I'm trying not to look at all the names when I do this. Good morning. Rebecca Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> we just went this morning. For your ride home. <laughs> Lexi Harris nice. and Lauren Anderson. <laughs> have a couple quick announcements. Uh, is anyone else super sad to go home today? I am tired, but my heart is full and I'm just kind of sad about it. Uh, so when we're done here, we're going to have some solitude time, smaller time, then we're going to come back here. And when we're done, there's a basket in the back and that's where you can put your name tag. And then when you go to your room and you check out and you pack all your things that you can leave your key On your table in your room, and we'll just come by and collect those later. Uh, And is my team in here? They are in cleaning
0: up the dining room.
2: Okay. I'm giving them a shout out. They're not here to receive it, but when they come in, maybe you guys can just clap for them Uh, because this weekend could not have happened without them. I'm super uh, proud of them and uh, blessed by them. Uh, and also, Jennifer and Velanda and Melissa and Rachel, like you guys killed it this weekend. It's been a good weekend. Uh, and Velanda's gonna come up and get us going with worship.
4: All right. Good morning. Look, I get to look at everybody's face. It's how fun. All right. Everybody stand up. Let's sing this morning, okay? How great the chasm that lay between us, how high the mountain. and fill the air.
0: you know that when you cry with a mask on it makes your nose run a lot? <laughs> Have you ever wondered if you're doing enough? Have you ever wondered if you've been trying to follow God and if it's just ever made any difference at all? Have you ever wondered if you're doing the wrong thing? If you, if you hypothetically put it in my personal situation, hypothetically speaking, have you ever wondered if you ought to be investing in more evangelism or, or fighting for justice and mercy or investing your time somewhere more powerful and profitable where you see other people investing their time? Have you ever wondered if God's disappointed in you because you haven't figured out that you're actually supposed to be living something different than you're living And have you've ever had those sweet moments when Holy Spirit just gave you a glimpse of, actually, daughter, you're just exactly right where I want you. You're just exactly right where I created you to be. You're just exactly loving the people that I gave you to love. You're just exactly living with dependence on me the way that I want you to live with dependence on me. Mamas of littles your life is turned upside down. You like grew up and had a personality and a character and a life, and some of you a career and an education, and then you had this little, and there was this moment where You, like, loved them so much, and you couldn't imagine doing anything else. And then somewhere in the back of your mind was, but who have I become? Like, what happened to the pieces of me that were, like, the places where people respected me and knew what I was good at and where I could be um, productive and where I could be— and and you have this—and then there's this piece that goes, how awful am I that I'm thinking these thoughts when I have this baby that's just so wonderful and loving? And can I just say, you're just so normal. It's just so normal. And uh, whether your kids are little or whether they're old like me, <laughs> you have a high and a holy calling. And if that is all you do with your entire life is raise a human being, you are exactly doing exactly the very thing that God created you to do. We talk at church lately, if you've been listening to the home Church stuff, about about being together in God's presence with, with the Word, and with a nice welcome, and with worship, and with witness. And honestly, when the word witness comes up for me, and I'm a pastor, you guys, so maybe this can just set some of you free if you feel the same thing. When the word witness comes up, I go, am I doing enough? Have I invited somebody who doesn't know Jesus to my house church? Have I, have I done enough? And honestly, there are some of us who are so wired. It's our spiritual gift, this evangelism, this sharing of the good news that you're going, what are you talking about, Jennifer? It's always a joy to be looking for who Holy Spirit highlights, who just needs to know about him. I love that he's put all of us in the body of Christ. But if any of you have ever wondered if you are doing enough to witness to others and you have children in your home, would you just go home and recognize that you get the next 20 years to witness to those people? those humans that God gave you, and there's no greater contribution you can give to the world but to love those people. I've gotten to have a couple of those sweet glimpses this morning, and I was just uh, moved during worship to share some of them with you. Uh, So my sweatshirt says Hope. I didn't have it made for this weekend, although it's fitting. Um, This sweatshirt was actually designed by my nephew, who made it as a response to when my mom died. Um, because uh, Zach is an activist, and he had lost his person, and he wanted to do something. And so he made Hope sweatshirts, and he sold them, and he gave the money to a, a nonprofit that he thought my mom would, would love. And so the sweatshirt has a special meaning, and... Um, as I put it on this morning and I was worshiping and we were talking about living hope and I just was having all these little vignettes go through my mind of places where God has met me and just giving me that beautiful glimpse of where, um, Jennifer, you're exactly where I want you. You're exactly where I've put you. Um, One of them is just remembering my mom, and had it not been assigned seats and had it been a normal year, she probably would have been right about where you are, Kathy. She kind of liked middle on one of the sides, and she just would have been nodding at everything and crying at everything I said, because she just thought the sun rose and set on me. And then over here is a group of girls that were my mom's small group at hearts at home. And I know the impact that mom had. Back there is my sister-in-law, who was one of my mom's closest friends. And it's not about hope bulging. It's about our living hope. That like when we have the Holy Spirit in us, we are making an impact that we can't even understand what's going on. Last night, Becca told me, that through the years, there have been moments when either a podcast or something has hit her, and, and, I, and of course, I had no idea, but Becca's faithfulness to say, Jennifer, I just want to tell you some of the moments when God's used your words in my life um, had a redeeming impact on some of those memories in my own life. Um, Rachel. Rachel and I went to grade school together. Uh, we were in third grade together at a school that was very, very toxic. And she and I were both wounded by bullying that went on. And she and I were on opposite sides of some bullying that went on. Not in my favor, let's be clear. And um, God gave Rachel a glimpse of Jesus in my home. And then we didn't know each other for 40 years, 30 years. And we accidentally came back into contact, contact. We didn't... A mutual friend of ours was getting to know this woman, Rachel. And she was hearing about her friend, Jennifer, and I was hearing about her friend, Rachel. And... One day, I don't remember how it happened, we both were like, wait, are you kidding me? This is the Jennifer? that has these memories in my heart and mind. Oh wait, this is the Rachel that has these memories in my heart and mind, And the full circle redemption of being able to be in a place like this with Rachel and um, sense Holy Spirit, not just in friendship, but in using us together in in iron sharpening iron and and playing off of each other as we're both listening. And she gets a word about a banqueting table and I'm doing the teaching. And there's a beauty in what comes full circle. Um, there was another one and now I don't remember, but here's what I, here's why I'm crying and saying these things besides whatever Holy Spirit is doing in your heart. When you wonder if you're doing enough, if you're being obedient enough, if you're doing the right thing or the wrong thing. Remember that God created you different than anybody else, and there's nobody else that you should be comparing yourself to or whose ministry is what you should be doing to be a better Christian, right? It's what is God calling you to, and there is a living hope in that faith when we believe, not just believe who God is, but believe who he made us to be. There's a faith in living with the confidence that God knows how to nudge and prompt his daughters. God knows how to convict his women. God knows how to give us direction, and if there is something that we are supposed to be doing that we are not currently doing, God knows how to tell you how to do that. Now, if you're in rebellion or if you are resisting the conviction of the Holy Spirit, that is between you and Jesus. But if you just have this vague sense of, I don't think I'm doing enough for the kingdom of God, that's the voice of the enemy. That's, Ephesians says he will throw his fiery darts and we pick up our shield of faith against the fiery darts of the enemy. If it's just this vague sense of kind of you're a bad person, that's condemnation. That's a fiery dart. And we pick up our shield of faith and we say, I know who God is and I know who He made me to be and I know He gave me His spirit. And so I know He can tell me. And if He gives me conviction, I will be humble enough to listen and to change my ways. But if it is just this voice of the accuser or confusion, or I've heard it described this way conviction is it comes um, with a point and a singular purpose, and you know what it is that God is saying and you know what He's asking you to do condemnation is like this cloud that just kind of hazes everything, and it's that brain fog. Or it's like looking for a needle in a haystack. Like, I think something's wrong, but I'm not sure what. And so I'm just trying to search around and figure out what it is that I'm supposed to find in that haystack so that I can actually be living the life that God wants me to live. And if you feel like you've been searching in the haystack, if you feel like you've just had this cloud of something's not right with me, um, I think you've been listening to the voice of the enemy. Um, and actually, what I want to do is I want to ask Rachel to come up and pray against that. Is that okay? I'm sorry. I was actually praying, and so I didn't hear it. Wait, no worries. <laughs> come on up. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. Whatever I we are praying against condemnation of the enemy, mm-hmm. against the cloudy confusion of just something's wrong with me, but I don't know what, like just the lies of unworthiness. No, and Yeah, yeah. I knew she knew what we were doing. Mm-hmm. She's gonna. gonna get a little Holy Spirit rush. <laughs> <laughs> You can take off your mask. I wanna share with you. Is this on? Yep.
3: Okay. You're good. It doesn't matter. You can hear me anyway. You, <laughs> to
0: be fair, use it for the live stream and the recording, darling. I wanna,
3: I wanna um, share with you just a little bit about some dreams that I've been having, just a tiny bit. Can I spend like 30 seconds telling this little story?
0: 90. You yeah. can. 90 seconds. Okay. I'm just
3: kidding. I was just kidding. Um, Anyway, uh, I've been having some some dreams that were not great, and I was praying, what can I do? And God said that I could ask the Lion of Judah to come into the dreams. And that lion is scary. Kind of almost as scary as the dreams um, when he came. And so I'm going to just bring that heart into this prayer of the Lion of Judah, the one that's strong and fierce and never backs down. Father God, Spirit, I ask you to join us here. I pray against any enemy attack of condemnation, any spirit of derisiveness, anything that would say that we are unworthy that we are unwanted, that we are unseen, and that we are unloved. Anything that would pull us apart of the person that we know you to be. Anything that would lie that says that we are not worthy and we are not wanted in your presence and we do not measure up. That others are better than we are. That others are doing better. That we do not deserve the things that we receive. I pray against that lie. I pray against it in the wall before me. I pray against it in the wall behind me. I pray against the wall to the left of me and to the right. I pray against it in your hearts and in your minds and in your soul. May God's love fill you always. And may we always discern the voice of God versus the lie of the enemy. And I ask that in your wonderful name. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you. you. And to be clear, because I think it's important for some reason, um, as Rachel was praying, I realized my, my comment might not have been clear. And so I just want to be really, really clear. When we were little, Rachel was never unkind to me, but I was unkind to her. And God has brought healing to me and taught me through her. And redeemed a love and brought things full circle. So, when you feel like you're at the end of your rope and things don't make any sense, remember that in God there's always full circle. There's always a living hope. The other piece of this is if you have someone in your life who's just made an impact on you, don't wait until they die to say it at their funeral. (laughs) Send a letter, send a text, make a phone call. Even if I had somebody say to me a couple weeks ago, Oh, I know this must sound so silly to you, but body, blah blah, blah blah. And I was like, it never, ever, ever sounds silly when somebody tells you that something that you did reminded them of God or drew them closer to him. never. So even if you're embarrassed or a little bit shy, when you have those times when you recognize wait, that person's impact no matter, I was talking with a friend of mine um, who's in Australia now. She's a director of Mission Aviation Fellowship and we had been talking about servant leadership and she said, you know, Uh, when a new family came to the field here, I went to the house they moved into and I just worked with them to clean their house and I cleaned all the louver blinds in the house. I spent like two hours cleaning the louver blinds in the house. She said, because that's what you do when that's what needs to be done. And she said later that person came to her and said, you know, we, and actually the family wasn't new. My friend Ruth was new, okay? So a new director had come to be the boss of all these people. And the woman came to her and she said, you know what? I just wasn't really sure about a new director. We've had a lot. It's been some pain. Actually, Ruth and her husband went to kind of help do some healing and some cleanup work in that field. And this woman was like, I honestly was pretty dubious as to whether or not this would work. And then you spent two hours cleaning my louvers and I'm all in like I'm yours. Right. We never know what it is that God's going to use. So notice and share. And for the record, that whole 10 minutes was a bonus. So We'll adjust our timing as we go. That wasn't even what we were going to talk about today, but that's the beauty of a retreat like this, where we're just listening to God and talking about what comes up, right? Thank you. Okay, I want us to look at the last three verses here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and you guys, we save the best till last. Um, I was reading this again this morning. I was like, oh, this is so good. This is so good. We get to talk about this today. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So if you've got your Bible or your booklet has this in it um, or a, a Bible app, we're looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, starting in verse 16, and it's our favorite word. Are you ready for it? Therefore. Therefore. Okay. But what's it there for? So this is quiz time. What have we talked about so far this weekend? Whether it's something I've taught or something God has taught you, short sentences. What have we already learned about who God is? What might this therefore be about that we're going to hear? So anybody, what, 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 what are some of the things God's been talking to us about this weekend? Unraveling. unraveling, making us more and more Christ-like. So when we are unraveling, therefore, when we're becoming more Christ-like, therefore, what else? He's the light in the darkness, therefore, Marty what was that? The banquet, he's brought us to a banqueting table, therefore, yeah, embracing your humanity, we have this treasure in jars of clay, therefore, right? All the things that we've talked about this weekend, we started at the tail end of chapter three, talking about how the spirit of the Lord is freedom and we're being transformed into his likeness. We've talked about the fact that he brings light into the darkness. We've talked about the fact that this treasure is in jars of clay, that even though we're hard pressed, we're not crushed. And last night we talked about the fact that there is a spirit of faith that leads us in what we believe and what we speak and what we act and what we think. And our life is different when we're living by that spirit of faith. Therefore, what an amazing word. What a power-packed, boring word. Therefore, you guys, when you're reading your Bible, reflect before you go forward when you see a therefore. What is it therefore? It's taking everything that's come before and saying, okay, now pay attention. But because all those things are true, What does it say? Therefore, we do not lose heart. Why don't we lose heart? Because of all the truths that God has put in his word, and he's already been speaking us to this weekend. The world, I I hate to break it to you. I really, really do, because it really bugs me too. But the world that you left on Friday is the same world that you're going back to today. I I just... I haven't read the news. That was on purpose, but I don't expect a massive shift to have happened in the global, in the national, in the local, or in necessarily your personal homes. The world outside hasn't changed, but you have had a refilling of Jesus and you have changed. So don't lose heart. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away. Can I get an amen and amen? Unfortunately, I am aging from the neck up and the neck down. (laughs) Yet inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. Think about this, ladies. When we are living with the spirit of the living God in us, With the living hope that he gives us, every day we have the potential to be renewed inside. No matter what is going on in the storm around us, in the storm external to us, there is always an internal place of peace. There is always the potential for an internal anchor in the storm. There is always the potential for a living hope. There is always the potential to wake up in the morning and say, good morning, God. I know you're there, I am aware of you, and I want to be present with you. Recently, our pastor Steve Fowler, in inviting us to be wind-powered people who are mindful of the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives, encouraged us just to wake up and say, good morning, Holy Spirit, as a reminder that we have the living God inside us through the person of the Holy Spirit, and it's so easy for us to lose sight of the internal renewal that is possible for us every day through the power of Jesus at work in our lives. And I want to pause here for just a minute and say this. In a room this size, I don't know all of you. And I do know that it's foolish to believe that all of you come from the same background and know the same thing I do. So I want to make sure something is really, really clear this morning. When we talk about the Holy Spirit of the living God inside of us, we're pulling from a teaching that's in the book of John chapter 3. One of the rulers of the day had asked Jesus what would it have to do to be saved, and Jesus said, you need to be born again. And he said, well, what do you mean? I can't go back in my mother's womb. And Jesus said, no. Flesh gives birth to flesh. That's when your mother gave birth to you. But spirit gives birth to spirit. And being born again means that the spirit of the living God brings our spirit alive again inside of us. Because, Because of sin, our spirit is dead. Because of sin, we're separated from God. And so... There, there's some um, places where you think, well, if I go to church and if I do the things the Bible says, then that's what God wants me to do. But it would be remiss if we didn't ever say there is a personal aspect to asking Jesus to make your spirit alive. And, and he says that that's done just by believing in what he says. And what he says is, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have eternal life. Ours is the belief. The belief is that Jesus is the Son of God, that the Bible is true, and he died on the cross and rose again. And in that resurrection, he conquered death. And so he made a way for us simply by believing that story and declaring our faith in him to engage in the eternal life that he won on the cross. And so when we admit that I have sinned and I fall short of the glory of God, in my life there are things that separate me from God and I cannot do enough to make myself worthy of God's presence, but Jesus has already made a way. It is in my admittance of my sin and my belief in Jesus to forgive and cover my sin that I become a child of God. And that is what we've been talking about all weekend when we talk about the Holy Spirit alive in us. It's the quickening of the Spirit in us when we have made a commitment to make him what we would say Lord of our life and choose to follow him for the rest of our days. You may have heard that in your lifetime as becoming a Christian. Asking Jesus into your heart, becoming a Christ follower. But the thing I want to be really clear about today is whatever you want to call it, whatever you have known it as, it is a point of decision that God will not make for you. It doesn't happen by osmosis or by accident or just by being close and just by being in places with Christ followers. It happens by making a decision that says, I want to be a child of God and I want to follow him for the rest of my days. So we know that outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly by the power of the Holy Spirit, we are being renewed day by day. And then listen to this, you guys. Man, I haven't gone all preacher on you this weekend for very long, but this morning we're just getting after it. Um, For our light and momentary troubles. I don't know about you. I don't feel like what we're going through is light and momentary. That's not how I would describe what 2020 and Salem, Oregon and the good old United States of America feels like right now. It does not feel like light and momentary and I don't want to make light of that and I don't want to brush past it because this is the living word of God and he wants to give us a perspective that many of us need and that is this, we are but a blade of grass in the whole scheme of eternity if we spread out a rope from the ocean to california we are just a little blip on the rope of all eternity in in our perspective with what we know all we can see this does not feel light and momentary but in a in an eternal perspective, in a God perspective, he is not worried about what is going on in our world right now. Does it break his heart? Yes. Is there evil? Yes. Is God concerned? Yes. But does he know the bigger picture? Does he see the eternal scheme? Is he panicked about our election? He is not. He is not. These are light and momentary struggles in light of God and his greatness and his hugeness and his time schedule. And don't hear that as a patronizing, so you shouldn't feel bad about it. Hear that as a hope. There is nothing that is lost that cannot be found and redeemed by Jesus Christ, even if it's not found and redeemed in your lifetime. I was chatting with somebody at a dining room table yesterday, and we were just talking, and she made a side comment that we didn't really even talk about that much, but she, she made a mention that her son came back to Jesus at 44. My kid's 19. 19. If he were to walk away from Jesus in his early 20s and didn't come back till he was 44, how would those 20 years feel? There's nothing lost that is outside of the hope of the living hope of Jesus. These light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Friends, be faithful, be hopeful, fall on Jesus, but don't lose hope. Because what God is doing is achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs all of what we see as our troubles that he calls light and momentary. So, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. That's what we've been practicing this weekend. We've been practicing taking time to fix our eyes on what is unseen. Friends, following God is a mystery. It doesn't always make sense. Sometimes it's confusing. Sometimes we wonder if we're, quote, hearing him correctly. But when we take the time to fix our eyes on him, he is bringing the unseen to bear in our life, and the seen will recede. Because the unseen is what is eternal and what is real. I signed up for this thing this year called a retreat in real life. It's normally a 30 day um, silent retreat for prayer, five hours of prayer a day. I did not sign up for that one. Um, I signed up for the 30 week prayer retreat to do these hours of prayer over 30 weeks of time. And so every morning, I'm spending some time in the word and in prayer and with Jesus. And some mornings, it's great and I feel alive and the Holy Spirit speaking and I get so much out of it and my journal gets full and it's like oh this is flowing and other mornings it's really really dry. It's kind of just like pulling teeth. It's like Jesus where are you? And the other morning I had a morning like that and as I finished up the prayer time I just kind of said well Jesus this one was kind of huh, ho-hum and I felt like he just said yep but I'm glad you came and I'll see you tomorrow. See, when we have a lifetime perspective of who God is and who Jesus is, it's okay if every day isn't earth-shattering because he'll see us tomorrow. We're doing this day in and day out. We're not just doing this here at this retreat. We're doing this tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And if there's a season and a patch and a spell where you feel dry, he's still glad you came and showed up. And he gets that not every day is rockets and fireworks and butterflies and roses, but coming in tomorrow, Like, this is doing life with Jesus, not just moments of seeking him. And that's what we've been practicing this weekend. That's a practice that we're invited to take back into our homes. And we get busy and we get full and we go, how can I find, Jennifer carved out an hour and a half for us at the beach. I can't just do that at home. I don't know how it works for you, but I know that if your heart is drawn to that and you're asking God to show you where those spaces might be, I believe he will show you where those spaces are. Not in a way that's like legalistic and cumbersome and weighty, like here, carry this load of bricks about, you need to get away with me every day, but in a way that's like, hey, I want to be with you. You want to be with me. Let me show you where this is. It's an invitation that's, that's light and winsome, and it's a reprieve, and it's a respite. He can give you those in your day-to-day world as well. And if you look and go, Jennifer, you don't know my world, you're right. I don't. They might just have to be little snippets, but ask him to show you. Ask him to expose where the little spaces are where you can just sit down with Jesus, even if it's not profound, but it's just, hey, I'm glad you came, and I'll see you tomorrow. As we head out today, I want to just take a little more time. I know we've been sitting here a little longer than usual. Thanks for bearing with me, but I have to fit it all in. This is the last time, you guys, so you're just getting all of it here at the last. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the tools you have this morning for your solitude time. And so in your book, if you have it with you, is this page with a hexagon on it that says the Lord's Prayer. Those of you who are joining us virtually, um, you have this in the packet that I gave you. So the Lord's Prayer... And I just want to teach this tool really quickly. I don't want it to spend a lot of time on it, but it was one that I wanted you to have for this morning and also for the days and the weeks to come. Uh, we, some of us were talking last night about the psalm that we wrote, and there was just this discussion about how um, how that would be something that you could come back to. That, that simple format would be a great way to just spend some time with God. This is another one that's just a simple format that's a great way to spend some time with God. So... Most of us are familiar with the Lord's Prayer. Jesus' disciples asked him, uh, you know, Rabbi, teach us how to pray. And he said, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Um, And it's a prayer that many of us learn by rote. We could say it from memory. Um, How often do we pray it slowly and thoughtfully? And that's what this tool gives us. So this hexagon is a shape. We're going to break down this prayer into parts. And each part has something to do with the Father and what it is about him that this prayer reminds us of that we could lean a little bit deeper into. So the top line on your hexagon would be the Father's character, Okay, the father's character, it tells us in the first line of this prayer, it says, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And in that, we recognize that by being invited to call him father and the word was Abba, we're invited into an intimate relationship with a loving God. So the father's character is intimate and personal and invitational. And yet it says hallowed, which means holy. Holy is your name. He is other. He is above. He is set apart. He is mighty. He is powerful. He is God. He is the Lion of Judah. He is not safe. He is God. That's his character. And when we enter our prayers, when we enter our our time with God, with the acknowledgement and the awareness that he is both intimate and loving and tender and faithful, fierce and powerful and holy, we start to catch a glimpse of the God that we are approaching. Both are eternally and, and infinitely true. One of the things I love when I pray this, and it's just this little, the, our Father in heaven. Whenever I pray in heaven, I just think God is not limited by the view that I see here on the earth. In my physical state, all I can see is the horizon around me. God has a view so far above mine, and he can see so much more than I can see. And so our father, our intimate, loving, holy and mighty father who sees so much more than we see because his position is in heaven, not on earth, this is who I'm addressing. We come to the next line, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And this is the father's kingdom. This is the Father's will. Jesus said the kingdom of God is near. And then he preached and he taught and he healed and he loved and he wept and he died for bringing God's kingdom. And he revealed what God's kingdom looked like. And so when we pray, we're praying God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And in heaven, it's done perfectly. So we're praying God's will being done in our lives the same way his will would be done in heaven. When everything is aligned with Him. So, what we're praying is that our world and the world around us and the world of our influence and the world that God is calling us to pray for aligns itself with His will and His purposes and His kingdom. Going around the hexagon, we get to give us today our daily bread. And this is the Father's provision. This is the father's provision. I think sometimes we read daily bread and we can just go, okay, I have enough to eat and we move on to the next line. But if you back this out a ways and you think of it as the father's provision for everything you need for that day and just that day, it's the manna principle, right? In the desert, the Israelites were given enough manna for what they would need that day. And if they tried to gather more because they were worried that the manna wouldn't fall the next day, it would go rotten. They couldn't save it from day to day. Manna didn't hold in the refrigerator. And it's that manna principle that we're asked to come to God with of, God, you know what I need today, so would you give me enough for today? And would we trust that it is enough, that what we need for today is enough? And not try to gather because we're afraid that tomorrow won't give us anything. Like, just what's our daily bread? So the Father's provision. Down at the bottom, we have the Father's forgiveness. And wrapped up in that is also our forgiveness of others. So this is a great time to ask Holy Spirit to search your heart. Excuse me, if there's any unforgiveness in your heart towards others, any bitterness or resentment that you need to take to God and allow him to heal and soothe and deal with in your life. It's a great time to invite him to shine his light and search you and convict you if there's any sin, whether that's willful sin that you know and you chose or whether that's unknown sin. It says... um, uh, one of the Psalms says, keep me from hidden sin. Those things that we didn't do them willfully. We didn't do them consciously. We didn't think, I know that's wrong, but I'm doing it anyway. But, but we have reactions and thoughts and actions that are not in line with God. And so we ask Holy Spirit to expose those to us so that we can, we can be cleansed and be whole and, and be healed. We move around to the next side and it is, um, lead us not into temptation, So this is the Father's direction in our life. God wants to lead us. He wants to show us the way to go. And so we pray for his direction. And sometimes we can pray for the specific decisions that we're making in life. Sometimes we can pray for a more global sense of, God, would you lead every day and and lead my decisions, lead my actions, lead my conversations, you know, my divine appointments, the people I run into on the street corner or in a laundry room or, you know, at dinner last night around the table. God, lead me. And the last one is deliver us from the evil one. So this is the father's protection. Jesus prayed around John 17. um, He said, Father, I don't ask you. He was praying for us, those that he would leave in the world. He said, I don't ask you to remove them from the world, but I ask you to protect them from the evil one. And that's a reality that you and I live with. God has not chosen to remove us from this world. And this world is broken. Let's be clear. But, but we have a God and a Holy Spirit who is interceding for us, and we can ask him to protect us from the evil one. So the Father's protection. Any questions on that? We went through it super fast. So it's just a grid that you can kind of approach from a couple different ways. One is you could just start to pray around the hexagon and see where Holy Spirit catches you and spend some time in that area. So recently for me, it was daily bread. And I kind of got around to the daily bread and I just started praying about what were the things that I needed provision for that I'd been worried about, that I'd been anxious about, and just laying those all at God's feet. And that was all. I didn't even go the rest of the way around the hexagon. Didn't finish the prayer. Can you believe it? You don't have to actually... The Bible isn't for getting a job done. The Word of God isn't for completing a task. Okay, I read my prescribed chapters today, so I can check that off the box. The Bible is for God to speak to us. So when he starts to speak, stop, listen, and finish. There's not a task to finish at the end of the day. There's a relationship to be being built by being in his Word. So the other way, so pray around and see where he stops you. The other way is to take the need. So take the hexagon and consider it... um, Like, a, did any of you do cross-stitch when you were little? So the little little looms that were round like this that you put your fabric between? Okay, think of one of those and turn it sideways. It's like a filter, and you're going to pour something through it, and it's going to catch what needs to be caught, right? So what you're doing is you're taking your need, you're taking the thing that you're concerned about, and you're pouring it through the filter of this prayer. And you're seeing, where does the need that is pressing on my heart catch on what it is that God asks us to pray for? Maybe it catches on forgiveness, and I realize... I need to do some work on the bitterness and resentment in my own heart in order for this thing that I want to see resolved to be resolved. Maybe it'll catch on protection and I'll realize I'm in a spiritual battle and I need to ask some other people to pray for me in this issue that I'm pouring through this filter. Does this make sense? Taking the concern that we have, the thing that we would be praying about, and pouring it through the filter of the Lord's prayer and these aspects of God's nature and character and seeing where it catches so that we can lean in a little deeper to what God wants to do there. Okay, I do not want to take all your solitude time today, because that is like flesh giving birth to flesh instead of spirit giving birth to spirit, and I want Jesus talking to you guys today. So what time is it, you guys? We need to kind of—10 o'clock. Okay, so we need to be back here in this room by 11.30, and those of you virtual, that's when our next session will start is 11.30. So I'm going to— Split us up into 45 minutes and 45 minutes. So sorry, small group leaders, I just shortchanged you a little bit, but we're going to do from 10 to 1045 in our solitude, and then 1045 to 1130 in our small groups, and then we'll be back up here at 1130. The final is just kind of some final words, some worship, some sharing time from you guys, and then we'll be packing up and getting on our way. Um, Any questions on all that? Okay. God bless you and go.